Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. All groups of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents. This Saturday, the 12th, I believe, of June, you're listening to Community Radio 3CR. I'm Giselle. And I'm Piamora. Yes, it's correct. It's the 12th of May. And it's the uh, show before Radiothon, Giselle. So let's not forget that next Saturday is a special show, isn't it? That's right. We are. We do know that uh, it is still the COVID pandemic. We know that the recession is still impacting people. We know that workers in precarious labour and casual labour are doing it really, really tough, but we still are asking for our supporters that made it through the pandemic to dig deep, dig generously to give to 3CR's Radiothon. You'll probably know that last year 3CR4 went its Radiothon because we were right in the throes of the pandemic and we just, as a left-wing community radio um, community uh, could not could not do it to you listeners to ask you to to support us but we are asking to do that um, this year our target hasn't doubled because of last year it's still two hundred and fifty thousand dollars across the whole station um, and Asia Pacific currents has an obligation to raise about sixteen hundred of that two hundred and fifty thousand I think we managed to um, do it the last um, a few years so so thank you to our listeners. And of course, uh, Giselle, um, who brings you this show and the details? That's right. Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web or the w's.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so look us up on those social media platforms. That's right. And uh, thanks to Solidarity Breakfast uh, for another very interesting program. And it's really three minutes past nine o'clock. Uh, we have a bit of a focus on uh, India, uh, this, this show, um, Giselle. It just sort of happened that way because uh, um, we've actually got three items on India for the mini news. And of course, our main interview is... Uh, that's right. We will be speaking with Sujata, who is a social justice activist and workers' rights activist in Mumbai, um, about the COVID pandemic in that country, the economic crisis, the health crisis. Um, but I did want to say it is fitting that um, the majority of the news items come from India just because there are so many people in that country. That's right. And, uh, but unfortunately, a lot of the, the news is not that um, good. But um, So we'll go straight to the news item uh, <coughs> where, unfortunately, there was a fire in Indian factory and that killed many workers this week. Um, specifically, on Monday, the 7th of June, a fire broke out at the chemical factory SVS Aqua Technologies, a company in Uruguay near Pirangut on the outskirts of uh, the city of Pune in western India. Once the fire was put out, 18 bodies of workers were pulled out. The factory manufactured uh, chlorine uh, dioxide, among other chemicals, and the fire is thought to have started accidentally 
in the packaging section and spread rapidly due to the amount of flammable, flammable material that was left around. Workers from uh, nearby, um, nearby rushed to the factory and interestingly they came with two backhoe loaders to break down the walls of the factory in a vein to attempt to, f- to free the workers because they knew that the fire access um, it was going to be so difficult for the workers to get out. While investigations have just started, it's, there's already signs that the factory did not have a working fire sprinkler system or, or adequate exits for the workers to get out. So that's a, a real terrible story there. And the repression against Palestinian activists continues. In the last few weeks, the Israeli army and police have undertaken an ongoing wage of a, um, an ongoing wave of arrests of Palestinians who were involved in the recent anti-eviction protests. According to local human rights organisations, over 2,000 Palestinians have been arrested. Many of them are then only released after paying a fine ranging from 150 to dollars Included in this wave of arrests were two leading activists, siblings Muna al-Kurd and Mohammed al-Kurd, of the campaign, the, um, the forced expulsions of Palestinians in the occupied East Jerusalem neighbourhood of Sheikh Jarrah. In another incident on Thursday of this week, three Palestinians were killed by an undercover Israeli security raid in a pre-dawn raid in the city of Jenin in the occupied West Bank. And that's um, our, our thoughts go to our comrades in Palestine. Um, we now go to um, very close to the uh, the first story was in Pune. We now go to the nearby uh, city of Mumbai, one of the biggest cities in the world. We're following heavy monsoonal rains. Late on Wednesday of this week, on the 9th of June, a four-story residential structure collapsed on an adjacent two-story structure in the Malvani Slab uh, in the western suburbs of Mumbai. Uh, rescuers found 12 bodies, eight of whom were children, but were able to um, rescue seven other people alive from the rubble. The building had been condemned as dangerous early in the year and scheduled to be demolished. Unfortunately, the lack of affordable housing means that tens of thousands of poor working class families can only afford to live in unsafe living spaces. This was the second such collapse in around and around Mumbai in less than 10 days. And just to give you the scale of the problems that uh, poor working class families face, in the last five years, as many as 230 um, people have died and over 800 have uh, been injured in incidents related to building collapses. And in South Korea, a construction site collapses, killing nine people. On Wednesday of this week, a normal commuter bus in the southern Korean city of Gwangju was crushed by a falling building. While some passengers and the bus driver managed to escape serious injury, nine other passengers were crushed to death. The building was in the process of being demolished. Fortunately, all the workers at the site had been evacuated minutes before due to the instability of the structure. The demolition site is situated in an old housing district that suffers from severe urban abandonment and safety experts believe that that's because of, uh, that because of this, the contractors didn't take sufficient care to ensure the safety of the site. Um, a very tragic uh, news there about uh, building. It shows the the real importance of health and safety for everyone. Uh, we now go back to India, where this is a really a continuation of a story that started 10 years ago, uh, and it deals with the uh, Maruti Suzuki worker, 
in 2011. And we've brought this uh, um, the struggle many times uh, on this radio program. But in 2011, thousands of workers at the Maruti Suzuki factory in Gurgaon in Haryana state in northern India went out on strike to demand better pay and secure employment. The, um, the workers fought heroic, heroically for, for over a period of two years, facing harsh repression by the state and company, with many injured and jailed during this period. Uh, unfortunately, their struggle was not only defeated, but then the state went after the 13 of the main leaders of the workers' movement. In a sham trial in 2017, uh, all 13 were sentenced to life imprisonment. Now, unfortunately, on the 4th of June, um, the second of these imprisoned labour activists, Jalal, uh, died in prison due, due to cancer, and we just got uh, news of it this week. And uh, we also found out that, um, and we didn't know, that just a few months early in February, Pawanda Hia became the first of these labour activists to die in jail. Um, the fight to free the remaining 11 uh, workers continues. And in Iran, workers continue to take industrial action. In late May, thousands of petrochemical workers in the south of Iran in cities like Ahwaz, Mahshar, Asolia and Abadan took to the streets to protest the lack of proper pay amid skyrocketing inflation. The protesters were mainly employees of the state-owned National Iranian Oil Company and a contingent of a few hundred workers demonstrated outside the national parliament in Tehran against Petroleum Minister Bijan Zanganeh, demanding higher pay. Highlighting the poor working conditions for many of these workers, three major incidents were reported at petrochemical plants in Iran, with one of the workers being killed while another 11 were injured. And that um, brings us to the end of the news uh, roundup for this week, which was uh, possibly even uh, a bit of more of a sad uh, roundup than, than usual, I'm, I'm afraid. But, but um, I, I know we say this, Pierre, but in, in your defence, which I rarely do, so let's mark this as a <laughs> novel occasion. Um, it's a reflection of where the labour movement is at. I, you know, we don't want to depress the labour movement, but it's also important to be honest with the workers. That's right, that's right. Unfortunately, very true. So we'll go to a um, community announcement and then we'll be back with our main interview looking at the uh, issues of the COVID-19 pandemic in um, India. I really am not understanding why people aren't seeing the fact that prisons are an integral part of a public health response to a pandemic. Like you, I'm really concerned about whether the data is being released very honestly about illnesses within prison. I have suspicions it's not, but really we need very strong leadership in this country that actually cares about people inside, our most vulnerable populations inside. That's what we need and that's not what we're getting right now. We need to keep radical voices on air. Subscribe now. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 3CR Community Radio, 855am.
13 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents. Our special guest today is activist Sujata. She's based in Mumbai um, and she talks to us about the crisis that has arisen from the pandemic in India. She starts this interview by introducing herself. I'm Sujata. Um, I've been part of the the feminist movement and the labour movement for the last uh, about 40 years or more. Um, I'm part of an organisation called Forum which is a women's organization. Uh, and I've been associated with various uh, uh, labor groups you know, earlier. Uh, and I worked uh, briefly for about uh, uh, half a decade with the uh, uh, International Union of Food Workers. You know, and I've been part of uh, the labor scene in Maharashtra. Here in Australia, we've been watching the uh, tragic situation unfold in India. We understand that you're up to 400,000 transmissions a day of COVID. Instead of ramping up the health system and getting uh, getting vaccines, etc., our government was very busy in uh, in showing off a little bit in terms uh, a lot actually in terms of how we have uh, uh, defeated Corona, how we've defeated COVID-19. And so then you have these horrendous uh, 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 pictures and images of, of, of deaths all over. Uh, some states more than, uh, uh, than others. My state had it quite badly, uh, but not, not as bad as uh, like Uttar Pradesh, which is the largest in terms of population. Uh, and um, now things are a little bit better in the sense that the 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 number the uh, the number of infections and the number of deaths mortality uh, has uh, become less but there's there's another talk about the third wave so one is really very apprehensive and you know uh, everybody's very worried of what will happen and there's no side sight of vaccines uh, uh, vaccines may be a very a very small proportion less than five percent of of the population has had two doses and about 12 13 percent have had one dose uh, and um, in india the percentage uh, uh, is huge i mean you know you when you say one percent it's a huge number uh, so when you say that uh, uh, 96 percent of, of people are not vaccinated and uh, not given both the doses it's it's really like a very 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 uh, catastrophic situation so, so there is a lot of worry, there's a lot of uh, apprehension that is still uh, very much there. Uh, and uh, the, the uh, situation with regard to the economy is no better. So you, on the one hand, you have the corona, uh, the, the COVID-19 virus and the, and the disease and the mortality at one level. At another level, there is uh, there are no jobs. Jobs have been, I mean, the, the number of jobs that have gone it's like, uh, like only in May 2021, um, 15.33 million jobs were lost. So uh, uh, it's a very, very uh, uh, burning situation. Uh, and, uh, you never know when people will just, you know, uh, uh, slide into starvation deaths and stuff like that. So it's really very, uh, very difficult. Yeah. So I'm assuming... The job losses and the economic um, collapse is due to lockdowns and and closing things down. 
Is that is that what has happened in India? Have there been lockdowns? Uh, you know, uh, as you would know, Giselle, um, well over ninety percent, and some say ninety-seven percent of uh, of the workers uh, in India uh, belong to what is called the informal economy. Now, in informal economy, when you look at look at look on the ground level situation, it means that if you work today, you will give be able to put food uh, on the plates of your family and yourself in the evening. Not otherwise. That is the grim situation because there is no social security of any sort here. Uh, so um, when the lock first lockdown was was uh, was declared end of March, uh, there was there was uh, a notice of four hours that was given. India is a huge country. A notice of four hours with uh, with uh, stopping all transport. Uh, and uh, so people. Uh, a very large proportion of, of uh, people, millions of people, uh, workers, uh, are migrant workers, because of the because of various situations, including the un, uneven development of the states. So you have these states that are uh, that that are migrant senders. Um, so you have UP, Bihar, uh, Orissa, West Bengal, Jharkhand, Chhattisgarh, uh, uh, large parts of uh, uh, central India send workers to west to the west and to the south and all these people were stranded uh, they just couldn't move and uh, if you if you look at the situation of, of the housing here um, there is no housing so there, there are people like seven eight uh, workers six, eight construction workers would be living in one room uh, and uh, the, the, that is where uh, you were just Dumped, you know, you were you were you had to stay in the, the, that room because you couldn't get out. Um, there was no food, so if the food was being served by some NGO, you had to go and get it, which which often the police distribute you up. And this is really on the ground situation. It's not at all an exaggeration. It's actually it's a, a very understatement. So that is a, I mean, uh, I'm the situ the situation of the economy was bad even before COVID. Uh, in, in fact, the, uh, the informal economy had been going down since the, the, the disastrous uh, experiment of the uh, demonetization. Because a lot of the economy, whether it's agriculture or the informal economy, depends on 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 cash. And when you when you suddenly eighty six percent of the cash is rendered uh, uh, invalid, illegal. Um, the entire economy crumbles. So the, the it had begun, the collapse had begun even before uh, uh, the, the uh, 2020 uh, lockdown. Uh, it, was, it was really very strict and almost draconian. That sort of broke the back totally. I forgot about the demonetization project. I mean, we knew that the global economy was on the brink of collapse prior to COVID and that COVID catalyzed recession in most parts of the world. Um, so it makes sense that India was also on the verge of collapse prior to COVID as well. Yeah. Uh, but we also can't deny that there is a, a pandemic that requires a health response and you you talked a little bit about the lack of 
vaccination, um, but also the ineffectiveness of lockdown because of the sheer volume of people in the country, most of whom live in destitution. How do we fight back? How do we resist the economic collapse? But actually, what should we be asking for to, uh, to, to fix the economy and the health crisis? Basically, there are about uh, about uh, uh, seven eight demands that that uh, people on the ground have uh, talked about. One thing is you have to get vaccines. There is no two ways about it, and it has to be free and uh, and uh, universal. So everybody should be. It's, it, it's not pick and choose. And you you know like uh, some people will get it. Uh, you have to pay money, and some people that's that's not how it uh, it will work. That is one. The other thing is that you really need to ramp up uh, the health infrastructure, especially in rural areas, but also elsewhere. Uh, upgrade it, and uh, there's a very huge amount of backlog. You know, there's there's uh, uh, the the ideal ratio of say a nurse to uh, a patient to a nurse to a patient would be like one is to three. And in operation theaters, it's ICUs, etc. It's supposed to be one is to one, but there have been uh, nurses. Uh, there have been studies which show that nurses have been, uh, have they been uh, in some places even even over a hundred people that the nurses had to attend to. That's basically because uh, there have been no recruitment of nurses or doctors or of any health personnel. Um, there have been uh, uh, primary health centers that have been completely vacant. There are there are. Uh, a thousand sheep that are uh, that are uh, uh, sort of you know residing in them because they've been not not open for for years together. So ramping up of health uh, system, recruiting, uh, filling up vacancies and recruiting health workers is absolutely important. Uh, increasing the health budget, like uh, uh, Maharashtra, the state I belong to, it, less than half a percent of uh, of the budget uh, is on health. And it, it has to be at least about 5%. Uh, I mean, you know, people, people who work in the health movement have, have uh, 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 worked it out in terms of how much is necessary. Then we have, you know, we have very good uh, uh, programs. The one program is called ASHA. ASHA would mean accredited uh, 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 health workers, okay, uh, uh, accredited social health workers. Sorry, and uh, uh, they are uh, they are in rural areas. They do enormous amounts of work, but they are not uh, they are not part of the official uh, uh, employment in the uh, health sector. So they are they are uh, they they would be given a thousand rupees, which is absolute peanuts, um, and uh, they have to do a lot of work. They have to travel a lot. And during COVID, they had to go from house to house survey, surveying um, uh, who has COVID, who has COVID symptoms, I mean. So uh, then there, there, is, there is another entire program called Anganwadi, uh, which is like a, like a uh, you know, uh, for, ch- for, for children below six, uh, six years. Uh, you know, the uh, working parents can go and keep them. But even they are given absolute peanuts, you know, 3,000, 4,000. So all these systems really need to. I mean, the systems are quite okay, but they, but the way they are handled, the way uh, the, the lack of dignity that the personnel uh, uh, is subjected to, 
is uh, like in uh, in uh, in many places uh, we just recently had four meetings of of uh, various uh, uh, women workers in uh, in various sectors and they were saying that that uh, uh, they're not even given a a, a, a mask or or, or uh, sanitizers or any protective equipment and uh, uh, so, uh, and if they ask, if they uh, if they get their own and they ask, they will they will not be they will they're often denied uh, that. So sometimes uh, uh, some some um, version of a mask is given, but you know it's not uh, it's not updated. It's not something that uh, that is given as frequently as it should be. Uh, so it, especially the, the so-called lower ranks of the health 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 uh, system are really you know like the the health and safety. Their working conditions, uh, the hours of work, uh, everything is just uh, completely inhuman. So all that that needs to change. Hi, I'm Jacob from a Friday Rave, and I'm also on 3CR's Committee of Management. Now, the community of passionate people that founded 3CR a long time ago made some tough decisions. For a start, they committed themselves and a growing community of listeners to back their vision of owning our station and in doing so remaining independent of the government and corporate influence. They did this by fundraising, brick by brick, with working bees, door knocks, on-air drives and all the rest of it. You've all been there. Now their commitment has kept 3CR on air for over 40 years. That's a long time even in my life. But now we need your commitment to keep this great thing going. Now you can subscribe online at 3cr.org.au or phone us at the station on 94198377 or even stop me on the bloody street if you see me at some rally or other and ask me for a membership form. You need to become a member of Melbourne Radical Radio and subscribe. 27 minutes past 9 o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents, which is Ellen Pierre. And Pierre, just in the closing minutes of the show, a couple of announcements. Um, there is a SNAP rally today. Compassion, not detention, free Tanika and the Bolelia family. I can never pronounce that town's name. Bill Aloya. family. Um, that's at 2 o'clock today at the State Library in Victoria. For listeners in Perth and other states, look at your local details because there are actions right across the country as far as I'm aware. And then also don't forget next Saturday is uh, Radiothon. So please save your pennies and get ready to donate. Just to give you a sense of it, $200 allows us to podcast our show, your favourite show, so that you can listen back at any time. But more importantly than you listening back is it makes the podcast available to listeners right across the world, which is uh, the more important feature, I think. That's right. And can I just say about that? I know there's people out there because I know there's ha- there are hundreds of downloads of our podcast. So I know you're listening out there. So you can't hide from us. Um, and also, uh, so obviously you don't have to pledge $200, but that gives you a sense of um, why we need to raise the money. So please do that next week. Uh, but I think, Pierre, that does bring us to the end of this week's show. 
show. That's right. And we, we did forget to back announce the interview, but there was uh, Sujata. Oh, yes. Well, right. you can go. Um, well, I was just going to say Sujata. She's a um, workers' movement activist in Mumbai speaking about the unfolding, if I can say that, catastrophe in India. It looks like it's in the depths of the catastrophe, but unfortunately it's just unfolding. That's right. So that's uh, really all that we've got today uh, for you for Asia Pacific Currents, brought to you every week by uh, um, Australia Asia Worker Links. And, of course, next week it's our special Radiothon show, so no news items. So we'll just uh, basically be asking, uh, not for pennies, dollars, really, I'm afraid. We've, yeah, we've graduated right. to dollars. We're, we're up to dollars. Yes, yes. Thank you, inflation. That's right. Uh, but we'll accept any valid uh, uh, currency from anywhere in Which Asia Which doesn't as include well. Bitcoin, guys. That's right. That's right. Anyway, so uh, keep listening to 3CR. We'll be back next week at the same time at 9 o'clock. But uh, stay tuned to 3CR and in about uh, a minute time with Palestine Remembered. I'll just put a quick committee announcement before. This is Irene Bolger, former Secretary of the Nurses' Federation in Victoria. Throughout the nurses' dispute in 1986 and the waterfront dispute in 1998, 3CR was always there, broadcasting the voices of workers in struggle. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio and we're broadcasting live from the Bay to Chicken Strike here in Melbourne. We've just seen all of the thousands of nurses walk through to their meeting and people from different unions showing their solidarity. 3CR. Radio for the workers, by the workers, since 1976. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.